0: have felt the liberating redeeming power of this book of books and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book the entire Bible every year Now here's the host of the Bible Live Sophie Dollar Yes indeed eager as I could be (laughs) to be with you tonight. I enjoy spending time in the Word myself and of course being able to do it in such a special way as we listen to the Bible together. It is so enriching to my life. Now tonight we're going to continue on through the Gospel of Matthew. We have been reading Matthew all during the Christmas season here. And by the way, from Suzanne and me and our children, we ask God's richest blessings on you and yours as well at this wonderful season of the year. We've been making our way through the Gospel of Matthew. We've reached chapter 19, coming toward the final months of the life and ministry of Jesus. We will be reading tonight about his increased and intensified confrontations with the religious and political leaders of his time, and we'll be seeing his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which begins the final week of his life and ministry. But before we go to our reading in Matthew, We always read a portion from the Psalms and the Proverbs. We call it our Wisdom and Worship Segment. A beautiful psalm tonight. We'll just be reading the first half of Psalm 145. I was mentioning to you last night how we often do not have a big enough vision of God. J.B. Phillips wrote a book many years ago. The title of it always convicted me, Your God is Too Small. We often have a very small image and understanding of God and His purposes and what God is doing. Both are very, very important. And, of course, we're seeing that in the Gospel of Matthew. But tonight, in our Wisdom and Worship segment, we're reading from Psalm 145 with the theme of all people joining together in recognizing the greatness and the glory of our God. The Bible line. Psalm 145, 1 through 9. I will praise you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you every day, and I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. His greatness is beyond discovery. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy of your righteousness. The Lord is kind and merciful. Slow to get angry, full of unfailing love, the Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. End of reading Psalm 145, 1 through 9. I'm coming back. This is The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We are ready now for a longer main read from the book of Matthew, which is, of course, the first of the four Gospels and the first book of the New Testament. Jesus has been increasing his conflict with religious leaders. We read in our last reading a conflict about marriage and divorce. But as we begin our reading tonight in chapter 19, verse 16, We see Jesus talking with a young man, a young, wealthy man. He confronts the materialism of that era and challenges this young man. We'll see him teach parables tonight. You'll hear him predict his death for the third time to his disciples. He'll heal two blind men, give them their sight, and it will see him ride into Jerusalem for the final week of his life and ministry. So everything is moving toward that ultimate moment when he would give his life in sacrifice for all humanity. Tonight into the lion's den, into enemy camp on the Bible life. Matthew 19.16-22.46 through Matthew 19 Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good things must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. Only God is good. But to answer your question, you can receive eternal life if you keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I have obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect... Go and sell all you have and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went sadly away, because he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven. I say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Then Peter said to him, We've given up everything to follow you, what will we get out of it? And Jesus replied, I assure you that when I, the Son of Man, sit upon my glorious throne in the kingdom, you who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or property for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much in return, and will have eternal life. But many who seem to be important now will be the least important then, and those who are considered least here will be the greatest then. Matthew 20 For the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of an estate who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. At noon and again around three o'clock he did the same thing. At five o'clock that evening he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, Why haven't you been working today? They replied, Because no one hired us. The owner of the estate told them, Then go on out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired earlier came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more. But they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested, Those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us, who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered them, Friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take it and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be angry because I am kind? And so it is that many who are first now will be last then, and those who are last now will be first then. As Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside privately and told them what was going to happen to him. When we get to Jerusalem, he said, the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, whipped, and crucified. But on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons, She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. "'What is your request?' he asked. She replied, "'In your kingdom will you let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one at your right and the other at your left?' But Jesus told them, "'You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of sorrow I am about to drink?' "'Oh, yes,' they replied, "'we are able.' You will indeed drink from it, he told them, but I have no right to say who will sit on the thrones next to mine. My Father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that in this world kings are tyrants, and officials lord it over the people beneath them. But among you it should be quite different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must become your slave. For even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others, and to give my life as a ransom for many. As Jesus and the disciples left the city of Jericho, a huge crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd told them to be quiet, but they only shouted louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped in the road and called, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. Then they followed him. Matthew 21 As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said, and you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them here. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say the Lord needs them, and he will immediately send them. This was done to fulfill the prophecy. Tell the people of Israel, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, even on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus said. They brought the animals to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their coats on the road ahead of Jesus, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. He was in the center of the procession, and the crowds all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David! Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord! The entire city of Jerusalem was stirred as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the merchants and their customers. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the stalls of those selling doves. He said, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a place of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him, and he healed them there in the temple. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the little children in the temple shouting, "'Praise God for the Son of David!' But they were indignant and asked Jesus, "'Do you hear what these children are saying?' "'Yes,' Jesus replied. "'Haven't you ever read the Scriptures?' "'For they say you have taught children and infants to give you praise.' Then he returned to Bethany where he stayed overnight." In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs on it, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this, and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I assure you, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, May God lift you up and throw you into the sea, and it will happen. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and other leaders came up to him. They demanded, By whose authority did you drive out the merchants from the temple? Who gave you such authority? I'll tell you who gave me the authority to do these things if you answer one question, Jesus replied. Did John's baptism come from heaven, or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe him. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people think he was a prophet. So they finally replied, We don't know. And Jesus responded, Then I won't answer your question either. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, No, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, You go. And he said, Yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two was obeying his father? They replied, The first, of course. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I assure you, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the way to life, and you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to turn from your sins and believe him. Now listen to this story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him. But the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, "'Surely they will respect my son,' but when the farmers saw his son coming they said to one another here comes the heir to this estate come on let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves so they grabbed him took him out of the vineyard and murdered him when the owner of the vineyard returns jesus asked what do you think he will do to those farmers the religious leaders replied he will put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you ever read this in the Scriptures? The stone rejected by the builders has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous to see. What I mean is that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the leading priests and Pharisees heard Jesus, they realized he was pointing at them, that they were the farmers in his story. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid to try because the crowds considered Jesus to be a prophet. Matthew 22. Jesus told them several other stories to illustrate the kingdom. He said the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. Many guests were invited. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify everyone that it was time to come. But they all refused. So he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared and choice meats have been cooked. Everything is ready. Hurry! But the guests he had invited ignored them and went about their business, one to his farm, another to his store. Others seized his messengers and treated them shamefully, even killing some of them. Then the king became furious. He sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their city. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, How is it that you are here without wedding clothes? And the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, Bind him hand and foot and throw him out into the outer darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees met together to think of a way to trap Jesus into saying something for which they could accuse him. They decided to send some of their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to ask him this question. Teacher, we know how honest you are. You teach about the way of God regardless of the consequences. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to the Roman government or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said, whom are you trying to fool with your trick questions? Here, show me the Roman coin used for the tax. When they handed him the coin, he asked, Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to him. But everything that belongs to God must be given to God. His reply amazed them, and they went away. That same day, some Sadducees stepped forward, a group of Jews who say there is no resurrection after death. They posed this question. Teacher Moses said if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will be the brother's heir. Well, there were seven brothers. The oldest married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow. This brother also died without children. And the wife was married to the next brother, and so on until she had been the wife of each of them. And then she also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? for she was the wife of all seven of them. Jesus replied, Your problem is that you don't know the Scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they won't be married. They will be like the angels in heaven. But now, as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the Scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. When the crowds heard him, they were impressed with his teaching. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they thought up a fresh question of their own to ask him. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Then, surrounded by the Pharisees, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, He is the son of David. Jesus responded, Then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, call him Lord? For David said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called him Lord, how can he be his son at the same time? No one could answer him. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. End of reading Matthew nineteen sixteen through twenty two forty six. Love like a hurricane. I am a tree, bending me the weight of his wind and mercy. You're listening to the Bible live with Sophie Dollar. Oh. is coming into this final week of his ministry now. We saw him enter into Jerusalem on that donkey. Before that, we see cross-generational ministry to this rich young ruler. I hurt for the young man because the lure, the draw, the attraction of this world is so great. Power and money and fame and prestige and influence and recognition. It is a tremendous attraction to young people today television programs cater to this desire for fame to make money. And Jesus cuts right through it and says, give it all up to follow me. Now, it doesn't mean you won't be wealthy, that God won't use you in a way that you would exercise influence, but it's not our pursuit. It's not the priority of our life. Our life is to follow him. What a powerful lesson from the rich young ruler. Well, as you go on through, of course, we see the parable of the vineyard workers. I think that parable is so interesting to those who are coming into God's kingdom late in our lives. Or maybe you haven't made that decision to trust Christ. I've known him since I was eight. Maybe you're just now coming to know the Lord. The same salvation, the same redemption, the same rich reward awaits us both. What a glorious and wonderful, gracious God we serve. He predicts his death for the third time to his disciples. He teaches about serving others. He heals the two blind men. And then we see him coming into Jerusalem. Now this begins a time of intense confrontation with the religious leaders, which Jesus already knows ahead of time is going to result ultimately in his death. He willingly, intentionally walked into this situation. He's beginning now to provoke the religious leaders and the political leaders of his time. I think sometimes, though, it is the Pharisees and the Sadducees that have come into the lion's den because they have, in some ways, bitten off far more than they can chew. Jesus really knows the word of God, and he knows who he is. You recognize an important passage about paying taxes. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And then this sort of a ridiculous question about resurrection. The Sadducees are the more liberal of the two religious parties. They don't recognize authority of the scriptures, and they have problems with the supernatural. They don't recognize angels and that sort of thing. Uh, Paul later takes advantage of that as well to divide those who oppose him. They ask this silly question about the lady married to a number of different people, but Jesus uses it as an occasion to teach that the resurrection is, in fact, reality. He says that God appears to Moses long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, present tense, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Jesus very logically says, God is the God of the living, not the dead. They are alive still, and God is their God at that moment. And so Jesus correctly concludes from that statement that there is resurrection from the dead. Another argument that's very interesting is he proves that he is not only the son of David, the Messiah, but that he is the son of God, David, who is his father, calls the Messiah his Lord. So he's not only David's son, but he is God's son. That is the important lesson. So don't let everyone tell you that Jesus never claimed to be God again, because he most definitely did. Among all of the other very important matters and important events that we read about tonight, I skipped over the discussion of the greatest and most important commandment in the Law of Moses. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, with all of your mind. Maybe that's a good place for us to end tonight. Do you love God? Do you love the Creator? Do you desire Him? Do you want to honor God and know God and worship God and experience Him in your life? That is what God is calling us to do. And if you do, that's why the Messiah has come. To open the path, to open the door so that you can have that relationship with the true and living God. will want you to surrender your heart to Him today and by faith receive His precious gift of salvation. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollars. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box, 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.